1025 It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we get set for the return of domestic football after the international break. The Philippe Clement era starts at home to Hibs tomorrow, but the new manager is warning he's no Harry Potter. Brendan Rodgers would like to see standardised allocation for away fans ahead of Celtic's trip to Hearts. And the weather has already played a part. St Johnston, Motherwell, Aberdeen, Dundee and four lower league games already off. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me, two men, nice and dry in the studio for now, it's Kenny Miller and Hugh Keevans. Well, Philippe Clement may be no Harry Potter, but he had better be General Douglas MacArthur, who famously said, there is no substitute for victory. And that starts tomorrow for Philippe Clement against Hibs. What a fascinating weekend. I think we can guarantee football at Ibrooks and Tynecastle. At Ibrooks, it is Clement's job to get the points that reduce Celtic's lead at the top. And then on Sunday, at Tynecastle, it is Brendan Rodgers' job to make sure that the seven-point gap is restored. Fantastic weekend mm. in prospect. Uh, just while I Google General Douglas MacArthur, yes. Kenny, how good is it to have the domestic football back? Don't get me wrong, as far as international breaks go, yeah. one in which we qualify for a tournament ain't too bad, but there's still something good about that first weekend back of league action. It does always feel like a lifetime between mm-hmm. these games, you know, as much as we've really, really enjoyed international breaks over the last few years, where are like real success, like you say, qualifying for the Euros next summer, it was a, it was a brilliant... Uh, a brilliant week for Scotland, but yeah, absolutely all eyes on iBox tomorrow to see what, if any, uh, impact uh, Phil Clement can make on this Rangers team immediately because it will be a tough ask against this unbeaten Nick Montgomery Hibs team. 0141951025. You know the drill on a Friday night. It's all about previewing the weekend, so let's do it together. Don't forget, everyone who calls in and makes a point to the panel tonight goes into the hat for tickets to air races. As well, we've done that all this week. It's the Air Racecourse Bookmakers Race Day on the 4th of November. And since it's Friday, tonight's tickets are a bit extra special as well. So it's Legends Lounge tickets. You get welcome drink, race card, private bar, your own table for the day, all that sort of stuff. So plenty of incentive for you to pick up the phone anyway to share your Friday with Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller. But a nice wee trip and day out at Air Races on us into the bargain as well. So let's hear from you. 0141. 9511025 Tomorrow is the day Rangers fans for two weeks You have been first of all Obsessing over who the new manager is going to be Now you know the answer What's his team going to look like Tomorrow we find out uh, Spoiler because we've already mentioned it in the headlines He does say he's no Harry Potter In reference to Being able to magically change things overnight So what do you expect tomorrow Are there particular players that you think Deserve a chance straight away under Philippe Clement Are there players you'd like to see Taken out of the team By Philippe Clement Are you heading along To Ibrox tomorrow Are you settling down To keep an eye on it Somewhere else How do you think it's going to go What do you want to see What can you realistically Expect to see At what will that be Five days notice Or whatever it is So 01419511025 um, Brendan Rogers will tell you There won't be many of you Celtic fans Heading to uh, Tynecastle on Sunday But those of you who are Get in touch uh, and I'm sure there'll be lots of intrigue around that fixture as well. So Celtic fans, Hearts fans, whether it's ticket allocation or anything else, 
five. It is a shame, Hugh. Of course, we've lost a bit of the card, but let's be honest, at times like this, there are things far more important than football. For sure. So, who cares, basically, that, that Aberdeen, Dundee and St Johnston Motherwell are off in light of everything else that's going on? And others may tumble, but we can never forget that two, two people already have lost their lives because of the storms that are battering the country. So, uh, if games go off, it is unavoidable. Uh, but the games that will go on... Uh, fascinating uh, You know when you said that It was only two weeks ago It seems like a long time ago Since the final whistle sounded at Ibrox Aberdeen had beaten Rangers 3-1 The cacophony of booing That followed the final whistle Half the stadium had gone home anyway In disgust And now there's a new man I can tell you everything about Philippe Clement He must think he'd been brought to Scotland to talk Instead of play football matches, he's had so many press conferences so far. We know he's got a bachelor's degree in industrial engineering. I didn't until you told me. So Yes. And tomorrow, it's about genetic engineering. It's about players who withdrew into their shell in the last days of Michael Beale's reign at Ibrox. Players like Cyril Dessers, who were being lambasted by the crowd... Tavernier still being lambasted by certain fans which I find remarkable but now those players tomorrow have to be transformed under Philippe Clement and it's the most interesting game of all because it's Nick Montgomery five games in charge of Hibs no losses the guy looks as if he is turning in to be the real deal for Hibs at Easter Road tomorrow is a big test for him as well uh, you know it's funny Kenny because I'm sure he's done his research Philippe Clement and he says he, he's been sp- speaking to Thomas Buffel he's got Stephen Davis and, and Alex Ray in the building and he knows about the madness and, and the expectation yet I wonder if anything truly prepares you because let's be honest if Rangers drop points tomorrow that has absolutely no indication as to whether he's going to be a success or not long term but can you imagine that, that it's straight away it's like you know you just have to get straight into it and, and the reaction would be quite something. It would be... I mean, it, it doesn't even bear thinking uh, for any Rangers player or, or anybody involved in Philippe Clement's uh, backroom team that Rangers drop points tomorrow because it may... Yep, it's his first game, it's his first week in the building, but it may have a similar feel for fans if this doesn't get off to a winning start tomorrow. So I, I tend to think it is... Like, I know that Montgomery's had a wonderful start after watching him against Hearts... I'm quite intrigued to see how he'll play also because I felt Hearts pulled Hibs apart uh, at Tynecastle a couple of weeks ago and Hibs were very, very fortunate to come away with a draw that day. So if they come to Ibrox with that same shape and a similar type personnel, I think Rangers could pull them apart as well with the new manager at the helm, probably, hopefully, a renewed energy to the performance uh, to add to some of the quality players that they've actually got in the building. So I'm really looking forward to the game. Okay, we've got phone calls coming in already. Keep them going. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Just to set the scene, because we are asking what you're expecting tomorrow, Rangers fans. Let's hear from Philippe Clement, who does expect to see some differences, but says he's not a magician. I hope so. They see differences, but I'm not Harry Potter with a magic stick who can change everything suddenly. No, it doesn't work that way. So that's the, the tough balance now coming in during a season. And it's, it's not the first time. It was uh, in Gang the same. It was in Monaco the same. When you come in during a season, 
you need to make first a good analyze uh, what can be better and what is good also. And then to make a prioritization that you, you look what is the most important things now this week to make better and then next week, next week and next week. Because if I try to do everything at one moment, then I kill the players. And you don't have anything anymore. So it needs to be step by step. It's the only way. The reality is the fans do expect an instant change. It is simply the way it is in mm. this city. Yeah, but you, not instant drastic. That's the point. You just can't. Like, everybody has to be realistic about it, surely. But, and Kenny will know this to be true, he has to start with a victory. Well, that's, the, that's, that's true. That's I, different, I isn't it? in front of everyone, uh, as I say, two weeks ago, final whistle, Ibrooks. Mm. Rangers won, Aberdeen three, Cacophony are booing. He cannot have any booing tomorrow. James is in Drumchapel. He is no Harry Potter, James, but what can he influence this week? What changes would you expect? Well, obviously, guys, I was the man that phoned in after the old Firm game. He said I wasn't sitting sat in Ibrooks and told Michael Beale was sacked. I don't know if he's going to remember that. Oh, did you stick to that? We'll see you there tomorrow then. <laughs> yeah, and I will be back tomorrow, and I can't wait. It has been, it's been, I'm going to say it's been hell, but I think obviously watching the games has been more hell than anything else um, under Michael. Um, however, tomorrow um, I'm not expecting massive changes. Um, the more I'm, what I'm expecting, and hopefully we're going to go after teams now. Um, for me, um, I like the way the guy speaks. Um, however, Michael Beale was also a great man for being a good a good speech. Um, out when he first came in, saying about the handbrake coming off and X, Y, and Z. Um, but the more I think, as long as the Rangers fans see progress. As in a style of play tomorrow, and we can see where we're going. But as you say, rightly, we need a victory. Um, I'm absolutely looking to get back to Ibrox tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, just quickly on the talking point, I don't think it's the same. Um, It certainly seems a lot more measured yeah. you know there was a question about what have you learned about your players this week and he said oh I've learned a lot but it's not for your ears or eyes uh-huh. whereas I feel like Michael Beale might have gone on to explain what he thought he had learned um, that's just a small point Kenny James expects to see you know see the start of a, of a different style realistically in you know four days what what would you expect to see on that front you know what this is a hard thing about when five days and in, in, in management that if you see a renewed energy about the, the, about the players because I have this really similar feeling now sort of in the last kind of few months than what I had a year ago with Gio in, in, the, in the building where the team really really low on energy mm. there wasn't a there looked like there was a disconnect between the players and the manager and I had it was starting to move that way in relation to the players performances see if that completely changes tomorrow Ask that, again I'm going to say it, I think that some of that's on the players because it's a choice to go and run. It's a choice to go and show you care. It's a choice to show a bit of desire and passion. So if you're now showing it for the new man, my, my question would be, why were you not doing it two weeks ago? You know. But I think in the five days, four days that he's had training, I think you will see. I think you can see small differences. Mm-hmm. You seen it when Gio first came in about the about the wingers being that little bit wider, rather being tucked inside. So there's there's certain things I think you you could see. You could see different types of movements. Or by the way, some movement in that final third for Rangers because I think they've been pretty static, uh, definitely for the last couple of years. So I think you can see differences. Is it going to be a completely different performance? I would expect not. But if you can get your noses in front. 
and that crowd can get behind you and that energy can feed into the players, it can quickly turn for these Rangers players, you know. So I'm interested to see it because I, I think James was saying like, we're, we're going to get after teams and we're going... I just don't know if Rangers have got the players to do that at this moment in time, up up the top end of the pitch with that type of high energy, high intensity running if they've got the capability to go and do that. So, listen, I'm really like Tree, just like everybody else, to see what, firstly who's going to be picked and what kind of tactics are going to be deployed in the game tomorrow against Hibs? I mean, James, you're obviously very opinionated when it comes to your team. You took a stance. You didn't go back to Ibrox until Michael Beale left. So you might be a good man to ask. How much patience are you willing to By give By the way, can one? I just say, James never missed a game. He's not missed a game at Ibrox. <laughs> There's been two Aberdeen. away games since that. Aberdeen. No, no, he was there. He was there. I'm sure he was there, were you know, James? No, it's not. Alright, you missed no, Ibrox. Alright, okay. No, it's a good one to miss, by the way. James makes a good one to miss. He sticks to it. Um, what, how much patience will you give this guy? I think, no, I think we, as a, as a fan, fans, we need to um, give the guy time now. We've got to, we can't just keep sacking managers after eight months, and I think it's a, it's a learning curve for myself as well. That we need, I would have been alright with Bill keeping his job HUD. We've seen progress. Had we seen something there? But there was absolutely nothing coming from any room. The old forum game, his comments for me just absolutely that, that, that was the, the end of it, guys at home. And I was driving home, was that, oh, really, at least expected a draw at home against Celtic. I'm sorry. These players should have been running through brick walls. That manager should have been out going through players. And that's. Because if players are quick, not I mean, to no. Uh, if you still work for the manager, then the manager then needs to start having serious hopes now with players. They're professional football players. And as we said, I'll take losing as long as I can see my team trying out the park and willing to run through uh, team, uh, teams and stuff. I think in terms of stature, James, if you look back on it, Michael Beale. I, I don't buy this stuff about he was the brains behind Stephen Gerrard. How does anyone prove that? To be fair, just quickly, I think the people who were there, like players that just say that he did all the coaching, I think that's what they mean by it. So well, you can easily prove that if eyewitnesses are telling you. Okay, so it's alleged that he was the brains behind Stephen Gerrard. He had 24 games in charge of Queen's Park Rangers and then got the Glasgow Rangers job. Uh, so for me, you know, it was still at the novice stage in terms of his managerial career. And I think... Laterally, James, you could see that, that there was no discernible shape to Rangers. The the spirit seemed to be going out of the team. But this guy, Clement, comes with a decent mm. backstory. A three-time title winner in Belgium. Now, that's a reasonable standard. And lured to France at Monaco. And clearly doesn't want his time there to be considered as a failure because he defended himself with a variety of stats. I think in terms of stature, Philippe Clement is way above Michael Beale. I think the, the the stuff that you can't measure, you can't put your finger on, Kenny, that's what is always interesting. Because As an example, say it was Philippe Clement comes in and says, I want to have more shots on target. We would, we would know tomorrow if he has more shots on target. But people looking at, Okay, an increased effort or an increased intensity or, or these types of words difficult to measure from us certainly you know f- from the outside does that su- if if fans do phone us tomorrow night and say yeah they were they were trying harder does that mean they weren't trying under Michael Beale does it just mean they're more confident are they set up differently so you've you've been there I, I don't know 
I'm assuming players don't ever not try. So how how do we assume that there's going to be a more effort tomorrow? See what I mean? Listen, I think you can see in certain behaviours on, on, a, on a football on a, on a football field. For instance, I'll take you back to something that was thrown against Tillman. Again, not reacting properly when the ball was lost on the edge of the box in an old firm game. And no running back with Callum McGregor, I think it was, who won the ball. That's a behaviour and that's a choice. If he did leg it after Callum McGregor, slide and bring him down for a free kick on the halfway line after doing a 40-yard doggy, then I think he's trying. You know, I think that there's certain types of behaviours that you can see for players that are given everything for the cause. And like you say, you would never throw that at any player that they're not trying and they're making that conscious decision not to try. But when you're low on confidence and you're getting an absolute battering from your fans, it can affect your choices, it can affect your decision-making. And I found it really interesting that Philippe Clement was actually referencing the Rangers fans this week in his immediate press about how important it can be. And again, I would absolutely second that. That support is never ever taken for granted. You know, and I think you've only got to look to that Europa League run to see the effect mm-hmm. it not only had on that Rangers team, and how it energised them and how it took them up to another level, how it actually affected the opposition. And I can speak from being a, a Hibs player going to Ibrox, being a Dundee player going to Ibrox. Back in that day, you were actually, again, Rangers would all say, we're running all up already in the tunnel. They, they knew they've got this, this support behind them. They knew it's an intimidating atmosphere to play in. But at this moment in time, it's maybe working against this Rangers team. And again, it was like I said, I was really interested to see uh, Philip Clement referencing mm-hmm. that because the fans have got such a big part to play. They need to be supportive. They need to get behind their team. And I know it's the players to give them that entertainment to get them off their seats, but they've got a huge part to play. And if you're talking about stability, continuity in time, the fans have got a big part to play in that. Thanks, James. Enjoy your first game back at Ibrox in a few weeks. That was James Indram Chapel. He's in the hat for the tickets to the Legends Lounge at Air Races. And Stuart and Cardonald will speak to us next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller are here, and if you join them on the phones, you go into the hat for Legends Lounge tickets to Air Race Courses Bookmakers Race Day on the 4th of November. Why would you not want involved? Give us a call. Uh, we've been hearing from Philippe Clement ahead of his first game in charge of Rangers. He says he's not Harry Potter, but what can he come up with? This weekend, Stuart is on the line. How do you feel about it, Stuart? Hi, Gordon. I'm I'm very positive about things. Uh, from what I heard uh, from Philippe Clement the last few days, certainly today, I truly believe that uh, Rangers have landed on their feet with this manager, and uh, I truly believe that the good days are coming back to Ibrooks. Did you think that with the last one? Well, listen, I need to be honest, I, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite uh, because, as you know yourself, Gordon, I've been on a couple of times early in the season and I was backing Michael Beale and the players to come good. Uh, you know, so obviously that didn't work out. But uh, I truly believe that we've really landed on our feet with this manager. It, it, it just strikes me as a no-nonsense manager. Listen, it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, you heard them today. It's got to be small steps, but... Tomorrow, I'm not expecting wholesale changes because obviously we've got a lot of injuries, key players injured. But what I'm expecting for this Rangers team tomorrow is a bit of heart, passion, desire, and just a bit of you know energy. Get the get the crowd back on board, 
and uh, just take it for there. Get the three points tomorrow and then take it from there. Now, let's give you an injury update just since you mentioned it. Here is what Philippe Clement had to say about the injuries. For the moment, unavailable is uh, Tom Lawrence. Uh, Rabi Motondo is also unavailable. Kemar Roof is not available for 90 minutes. Todd Campbell is also not available for 90 minutes. So those are already a lot of players that you cannot put from the beginning of the game or you need to change them after one. It's too much. You're not happy like that as a as a manager because you want all the players to be fit. It's also one part of our job to keep everybody fit or as much as possible. It stays a contact sport so things can happen. Uh, but in all the places that I worked, there were always uh, not many injuries and the availability was above 90%. So that's also one of the things we want to improve next couple of months. Yes. It's almost like he was given so much information because I was there. He, he did. He did say Todd Cantwell was back, and then it's later on he adds that bit about not ready for ninety minutes. Same with Kamal Roof. <clears throat> I think they are available, but but not not to play the full game. Um, and there was another one that Danilo is again. He, he was at, will he be available for tomorrow? And he said something along the lines of. We need him to be available for tomorrow because we've got limited attacking options. He's got the big face mask on. So on the face of it, it's an improvement. Yeah, um, and I'm sure that at some point in the game you will see Cantwell and Roof. I'm not sure about Danilo. Uh, well, it sounds like it's the other way around. I think Danilo's... Yeah. Well, he, did, he didn't add the not for 90 minutes caveat when he, when he spoke about Danilo. But whatever happens, you know, he's had a good look at everyone now. There will be uh, an interesting team chosen. I think a, a young player like Ross McCausland might be uh, in or about the place tomorrow. Uh, just to address Stuart's core point, if you can't be optimistic tonight as a Rangers fan, then there's trouble. Because, I go back to it, here is a man of stature. Here is a triple title winner in his own country. A good standard. He has a stature about him that Michael Beale did not possess. And if the Rangers fans can't be optimistic tonight, then when can they be optimistic? At the same time, it's, it's human nature, Kenny. Some fans might choose to just say, well, do you know what? I've been excited about managers in the last couple of appointments and they've not worked out, so I'm just going to wait and see. Either either of those options is perfectly understandable. Listen, I love the, I love the positivity on the, on the phones early, early in the show. Uh, the reality is... What what more is Philip Clement going to get out of the Lammers, the Dessers? Can he get James Tavernier back to his best? Conor Goldson, you know, he's just went through his list of injuries. Roof and Campbell will play some part tomorrow, I've absolutely no doubt about it. Obviously, you're saying Danilo's not got that, not 90-minute caveat. So it'll be interesting to see those back, but he needs his best players back. I don't think you've had Lawrence, Cantwell, Roof, Danilo on the same pitch. You know, these are guys at the top end of the pitch that you think are probably your best players, your best options at this moment. So uh, you need to get these guys back fit and, and, and on the pitch together because I think there's good players make each other better you know they connect they're, they're more cohesive uh, and I just don't think Rangers have seen their best options at the top end of the pitch this season um, Stuart what can you expect to see tomorrow then if you're saying you, you're you're willing to go along with the Harry Potter analogy and give them a bit of time but what would yeah. you like to see change tomorrow what I'd like to see especially when like Golson 
uh, Barisic should be playing when they've got the ball when they get like halfway up the pitch don't turn back the way and pass the ball back the way be a bit brave you know make a forward pass uh, you know uh, uh, with the sounds of Clement what we're saying today that's what he wants players be brave on the ball you know take that risk it might not work but if you make a mistake it's how you react and I, I love that what, I love that about him they say listen you know go and make a mistake but it's how you react to that mistake and uh, I'm hoping Barisic goes in Tab uh, and that's what I wanted to speak about uh, briefly about Tab as well the amount of criticism that guy's come in for I, I, I don't subscribe to that that guy has been an absolute great servant to Rangers in my eyes anyway in my opinion He's scored over 100 goals and God knows how many assists. Yes, we all know he's not the greatest defender. But, come on, the, 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 as Kenny's always said, he doesn't shy away. He's always available. He's always there. He always put his neck in the line. So I'm hoping Tav steps up to the mark tomorrow and leads by example. It was an unusual line of questioning for uh, Philip Clement during the week when the, the, the subject of Tavernier come up and should he retain the captaincy? Um, there was never any likelihood at all of the new manager coming in and immediately relieving Tavernier of the captaincy. And I agree with Stuart, I think the criticism of Tavernier has been over the top given what he has delivered and is capable of delivering. Like the rest, his form went off a cliff after the start of the season, losing at Kilmarnock on day one, losing to a, an understrength Celtic at Ibrooks. Losing so badly to Aberdeen at Ibrooks, uh, but I think Tavernier, like the rest, will have a renewed vigour tomorrow. Yeah, Kenny, I suppose he could be doing with it. It's, it's funny what you said because I, I was at the press conference today, and because Philippe Clement had been asked about James Tavernier earlier in the week, said he would stay as captain, he's then sitting in front of me, and I kind of feel obliged to ask him about that. But you can almost see the look in his face. You forget that he's not sitting going through Twitter every night, or so he says. So when I asked, you know, the manager says you're still going to be the captain. You know, what do you make of that? It, he sort of looked as if, well, and he said, I've not really thought about it. As if, why would I be getting stripped to the captaincy? Yeah. But it has become this thing amongst fans that maybe, maybe that's the problem, and maybe the new manager will change that. But as Hugh says, in all likelihood, that was never, <clears throat> never on. I actually think the question drew a bit of a stern look. From Philip Clement when he was asked, you know, and even that was a week and a signal to me that he maybe has something about him that, again, similarly how when Ange was up here when he was asked a wee bit of a question, he sometimes got a wee bit prickly, you know, and he had a little bit of a bite back. So I like the the response. Again, I think I've I've said it publicly as well. There's far more pressing priorities than than James Tavernier's. Firstly, his his position in the team. Secondly, the captain's armband. So. Uh, yeah, no, no surprise to see that type of response. Uh, like I said, it's for, for what James has done, is an easy target. You know, there, there's over the over the years, there is always guys that kind of get it more in the neck. And I think at these times, if I remember back to last, uh, that probably this time last season, there was similar things getting thrown because they expect a leader, a captain, to stand up and and do certain things or again display these behaviours that I talked about earlier in the show. And if they're not seeing that, it's just like, oh, well, he doesn't care as much as that. But it's, it's absolute nonsense. Stuart, you know, it you, really is. You will see a Rangers on the front foot tomorrow because uh, in his press conference today, the manager had a very interesting phrase to use about the subject of passing the ball sideways. We couldn't actually repeat the phrase, but after what he said, there'll be no passing the ball sideways tomorrow. Ah, but that's the thing. You can never... And what Hugh's talking about is... The, um, 
he was asked about taking risks and he said well we don't want to take crazy risks like dribbling the ball in the box and you know that you know it doesn't mean that we have to produce and then a wee sweary word <laughs> lateral passes yeah. maybe it was just lost in translation um but that's all well and good saying that that's yeah. right. michael beale said a lot about what the style was going to be so you know he's yeah. trying to put it into play and you know what it is as well it's been available it's for the man on the ball having options you have to listen there will be side passes in the game tomorrow there's just no getting away from it that's how you move the ball across the pitch you know and they'll have to do that quickly to open this Hibs team up who are quite well drilled and they'll be pretty compact you know but what, what there needs to be is at the top end of it, there needs to be more options and more movement to be available and if you do pass sideways you can always run forward you know, which then disrupts a, a midfield line or a back line as well. There's not enough of that in this Rangers team. It's just as simple as that. So these are things, for me, it has to be working on. And this can be instant uh, improvements. Because if you're not moving, then it's pretty easy to get a team to actually move and be a little bit more energetic in the front area. So uh, these are things I think you, you can see. And listening to him speaking, like you say, he's, he's ruling out side passes, which is, like you say, is crazy. But... There might be less of it. There might be more risk-taking. Risk-taking goes to their, your attacking players. Don't be safe. Go and beat a man. What's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen if you're a 1v1 with a player is you lose the ball. You can get a corner. You can get a free kick. You can get a penalty. You can get a shot. You can get a deflection. You know, there's everything's in your favour when you're in the final third. So that's what we'll be talking about. Don't play safe. Go and take risk in his attacking players. Do you think your fellow Rangers fans will show the new manager as much patience as you say you will, Stuart? Well, hopefully. That's what I'm hoping for. And can I just uh, make a, a wee quick prediction? I'm hoping, see, Bailey Rice, I'm really hoping that boy, I've seen a lot of that boy, and I really hope that he could be what Barry Ferguson could be, the advocate. Give youth a chance. Ross McC- uh, McCausland, Rice, and uh, I know Lovelace is injured just now, but uh, Clermont's got a good track record of bleeding young uh, players into the first team, and I really think that's the way forward. I've no, I've no idea if he will But at the same time It's always a real It's an easy early win That for a manager yeah. Isn't it If he gives Bailey Rice Or whoever Any sizeable Amount of game time Tomorrow The you fans know, Will he, like it He comes into it With an absolutely Open mind And he did say Everyone is a clean slate You know Dessers isn't a bad player In Philippe Clement's eyes Dessers is a player He knows can be better Than he has so far shown Ross McCausland Bailey Rice You're right if he starts to bring them in bit by bit, the Rangers fans will love it. But he won't do it unless he's absolutely certain that they merit it. Yeah, I think a lot of them have been training with the team this week anyway to sort of make up numbers with um, international players being away. Let's thank Stuart. He's in the hat for the tickets to the Legends Lounge at Air Races. Dominic is about to join him. What's your point tonight, Dominic? Kenny, any Stuart, I'm just saying a the producer there um, I think that he'll know I can remember he'll remember when I spoke, spoke about this time last year when he appointed Bill they, when Bill had his press conferences he remained, remained, remembered me of Pedro Cusinha just the way he spoke I think you'll probably remember as well Gordon um, and I think that because obviously Bill was untested at QPR etc no many games the same way him on when he's come in is he's not really well known if you get me and I think that just the way listening to his press conference the other day and today it kind of it reminds, reminds me of Pedro Cusinha just the way he speaks talks a good game but 
you don't know if he'll deliver. Well, don't mention <laughs> that name in front of no, Kenny Miller. Still pretty, sends shivers down his spine. It's pretty comparison to draw. Uh, but I go back to it that Clement has won three titles in Belgium where they play football, the kind of football that you like to watch. He was then big enough to be attracted to Monaco. And Monaco enjoyed what he did for them up to a point and then he had a bad run of games, lost his job. This guy is clearly a man of stature. Pedro Cachinha was a misjudgment, a serious misjudgment, who took Rangers to the worst result in their history. And then I think Michael Beale was a gamble, an unjustifiable gamble, and ultimately another misjudgment because he just didn't last and he had to go. But this guy is cut from different cloth. I mean, Rangers, he's, he's added his own man. We always use that phrase, don't we? Must be the only walk of life where you refer to people like that. But um, uh, Stefan van der Hayden has now been confirmed as Rangers number two, Kenny. So he goes in there. That interim team, Stephen Davis and Alex Ray, still there. We don't know what the longer term future holds for them. But it just shows you the kind of week it's been. You know, it's been quick. You're appointed Sunday. You meet the players for the first time Monday. Your assistant's not confirmed until Friday, although I think he had certainly according to his social media, signed a few days ago. Um, so, that, you know, it has still been a quick week. Yeah, it has. You know, and I, I just to touch on what Dominic says, I'm actually, I would be very, very surprised if a manager in his first press conference never gave people a good feeling and never said the right things. I mean, you would, have to, you would have to be doing something seriously wrong if you're not, if you're saying the wrong things and not getting people excited. I'm actually not even interested about what he's saying. I'm interested to see yeah. how he actually makes this team better and how he gets them playing a, a, a different brand of football, an exciting brand of football, an attacking brand of football that's going to take Rangers back to winning leagues and trophies because that's all the Rangers fans care about and that's what the club's been built on. So he is coming in with a different CV to, to what Michael does and he's had a different experience in terms of being a manager for, for a lot longer. What I would say is I think Giovanni ticked a lot of the boxes and maybe more boxes in terms of... He, having, had, he had won things as He a had won things. Yeah. He had a wonderful playing career at the, the very the highest point of the game and he had represented the football club, you know, and won things as well and a, and a really, really successful era for Rangers. So there is no guarantee. That is the thing. There is no guarantee whether you're inexperienced like Steven Gerrard was. Had probably never coached, he'd never coached a first team in his, in his life. You know, but coming eventually delivered the league title, the only league title in the last twelve years. So it's uh, there is no guarantees. I do get the sense that that Philippe Clement is different to previous appointments, uh, definitely the ones that, that, that Dominic's mentioning. Can't even name him. Just no, listen, he's worth naming. Scarred scarred so, uh, but uh, no, but, but yeah, I did see he was getting on our jobs and by quite a high profile one in Brazil. He's doing all right. anyway, two. He I never know ring. why. His man could be his man, could <laughs> But uh, no, I think he's, he's coming in with a, with a different pedigree. Uh, it does look like there's a bit of substance behind him. But you know what? We're going to find out in these coming weeks because he's got three competitions to fight on, some big, big games. Yes, you want to see improvement performances and improvement for the individuals within that as well. But ultimately, there needs to be wins. There has to be three points tomorrow. There needs to be a good result in the Europa League. And the semi-final in a couple of weeks, that needs to be won as well when you go to Hamden for a cup final. Thank you to Dominic. Let me tell you about this before we go any further. Seven rollovers in a row on oh, Make Me A Winner. Don't today, tell me somebody said hello again. No, today's call went to five rings. It's the other faux pas. So it means no winner again. 
We're about to head into the final week of Make Me A Winner So there's just five chances left to win before it ends next Friday And it's now up to £125,000 on Monday when we make the call But you need to be in the draw We say it every night because we mean it Text YES to 61025 £2 to text plus your standard network rate Clyde1.com for online entry which costs £2 Or call 0330 880 4523 and the calls are charged at a standard rate as well it's over 18s only entries since David won on the 11th of October have rolled over and all the rules for this network competition are online if you get the call from us after 3pm on Monday answer within 5 rings say make me a winner don't say hello don't let it ring out pick it up within 5 rings say make me a winner straight away and you could win the £125,000 but make sure you text yes to 61025 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard I'll tell you what real disappointment for viewers of the live stream there Hugh who were about one second away from Kenny Miller who was standing up demonstrating a pass that he played to James McFadden at his five asides earlier and has ended up putting himself he's fallen apart this guy every week it's another fives injury yeah well he seems to start getting injured in his face and it works its way down his body it's time for you to retire no I've got one today Charlie Mulgrew goes to try and shoot score the winning goal he drills it right off the guy in front of him and it flew back a hundred mile an hour and burst all my life. what a studded game of fives this is anyway 01419511025 don't forget I'm sure you're chomping at the bit to put your football point to Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller anyway but if you do get through you're in the hat for a pair of Legends Lounge tickets to air races as well. John in Knightswood is on the line. How's it going, John? Ah, fine, fine. What's your point tonight? Talk about Tavernier. Mm. Well, players get managers a sack. How many managers has Tavernier played under at Rangers? He's a serial loser. I, I don't think that Rangers have dismissed managers on the back of James Tavernier. Uh, he's part of the collective few well well, you can't blame one man one player uh, for a club that uh, have only won one league in the, the last 12 years only won one other trophy the Scottish Cup in the last 12 years uh, you know Tavernier his numbers are terrific the number of goals scored the number of assists and I think he represents the club well uh, I, I just for some reason he becomes a whipping boy and uh, you know I, I know that the phrase serial loser has been used about him before but you know no one man wins you a trophy and no one man loses you one John is it possible that most of James Tavernier's failures in terms of silverware have been and this is quite a simple explanation because Celtic are better and have been no, well, I think he's 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 a fullback, but as a fullback, he's absolutely terrible. He's the worst fullback Rangers had in years. When Patterson was there, Everton bought Patterson instead. They were looking at Tavernier as well, and then they must have said, "No, no, don't touch him with a bar pole." I think it's just that's more of an age thing. That's an age thing. How do you know? How do you know Everton were looking at James Tavernier? Patterson's a fullback. He's a decent fullback. Mm-hmm. How do you know Everton were looking at James Tavernier? Did I miss this? Well, well, well if I'm wanting a game, I'm not just going to watch one player. You know what I mean? So also they were watching Tavernier as well, as well as other players as, as well. And they came up with Patterson ahead of Tavernier. Patterson was only a young boy, so obviously I thought he was a better prospect 
Tavernier. Well, obviously, you're a better prospect if you're 10 years younger. Uh, you, you come across, forgive me, but you come across as uh, someone who is making a victim out of Tavernier and you're blaming everything that's happened to Rangers on him. No, but he's got to be shoulder responsibility. He's been, he's been, he's worked under every manager since Warburton, and when they were in the championship, and just says his stats for assists are really impressive. Take away his penalties, his goals are not that much. They actually see the thing they is they actually are, are, are John. Yeah. They are. I'll, I'll dig out the stat, but he's still got fifty three goals. Out with the penalties, fifty. Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's got more than he's got more than fifty non penalty goals, John. He's maybe maybe the boys been played. Maybe I'm no I'm no getting the guy. Maybe the boys getting played in the right position. Anyway, look, I, I don't. You know I mean, if he was further up the field, they probably wouldn't have this conversation. Why? Why has he been kept by every other manager? You talk about the number of managers who've been there and they've lost their jobs that you allege because of James Tavernier. Why was he kept in the team by all of them, Gerard included? Well, I said, well, they obviously must have saw something in him. I said, I'm not saying he's the man. I'm just saying players get players get managers sacked, mm. and he's had a few managers sacked. Yeah, look, I, I I'm glad you did that because you can apply that logic both ways. Look, John's right in that James Tavernier's been part of failed managerial reigns, but Hugh's right in that if this is another guy that's come in and said, well, he's the best captain for us, then you know, are they all wrong? <sighs> Who knows? I think one thing's for sure, he could. He could be do. He could be doing with some good performances as well. Yeah. As, you know, as, as part of that team. He's like he's like all the rest of his teammates. Nico Raskin and Todd Cantwell came in in January and hit the ground running. They have not been at the same level. Uh, James Tavernier's no been at his that again. He's set really really high standards over his ninth. This is ninth season at the club. He's set high standards. When he falls below that standard, you know it does. He is he's an easy target. Connor Goldson. He's been absolutely outstanding since he came to the clubs. Again, this thing's his sixth season now. That he's not quite at these same levels as well. Is it down to the partnerships kind of changing all the time? Is it down to the fact that he's another year older? You know, and he now is picking up little injuries. Who knows? But what's for sure is they need to find a way to get back to their their their, their best level of performance because Rangers need it. You know, because they're big players for Rangers. Cantwell's, Taverners, Raskins, Goldsons, even Barisic is uh, who has been an, another area for. Uh, criticism for, for, for Rangers fans over his Rangers he needs to get back to his best and see if everybody's playing at their best then Rangers have got a good chance you know he won in more often than not at this moment in time they fell way below that level which is why most games that they play have been a bit of 50-50 Are you hoping for an impressive start to life under Philippe Clement tomorrow John? Not really <laughs> <laughs> I did say I was loving the positivity on the phone lines as well Gordon Let's get around again Oh right, you're not a Rangers fan, are you, John? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just actually speaking up for the Rangers fans who were talking to me. They, 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 I've, I've basically, they didn't want to come on, so I, I came on and expressed the difference. Uh, the penny's dropped, and I was on a different screen, and I've looked, and it says John's a Celtic yeah, yeah. fan. He's yeah. just an interested James Tavernier observer. Are you hoping for a good performance at Tynecastle on Sunday then? Why? Oh, well, well, put it this way, we're going to be a seven out of ten minimum. You know what I mean? So. Hmm. Much less to say on that than on the subject of James Tavernier, but that can be the way rivalry works. That's yeah. fine, Hugh Evans. We don't yeah. mind that. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought you know, particularly this weekend, Rangers new manager, big sequence of games, Rangers against Hibs, Celtic at Hearts. I thought that you know John might have come on and talked up his own team. 
I don't know, you can phone in about whatever you like, as far as I'm concerned, within reason, obviously. Don't take that as an open invitation. Thank you to John. He's in the heart for the races as well, which means it's already that time of the night. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Would be nice to get some thoughts in about that game at Tyne Castle. That's always a cracker. That's one you circle on the calendar isn't it Celtic going to Tynecastle so what are you thinking ahead of that one I know there's been some debate about ticket allocations if you want to share your thoughts on that or on the football side of things now would be a good time to get in touch we're going to play Beat the Pundit though it's 01419511025 if you want to take on Hugh Keevans or Kenny Miller give that number a call before 7 o'clock Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Kenny Miller are here and every caller who joins them on the phone will go into the hats for Legends Lounge tickets to air races as well so get in touch we've had a lot already about what Philippe Clement can produce he says there won't be any magic tricks he won't be transforming anything drastically this weekend what can you expect to change how are you feeling Rangers fans about the start of that new era what a big fixture we've got on Sunday at Tynecastle. Hearts against Celtic. There's been a debate about the ticket allocation. It always tends to be an action-packed fixture, particularly at that venue. So Celtic fans, Hearts fans, if you want to share your thoughts right now, please, that would be much appreciated and we'll play this whilst you get your calls in. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Okay, beat the pundit time. Let's see what we've got tonight. Jerry is an in Inverary. How's it going, Jerry? I'm all right, Gordon. How's yourself? Not bad here. I'm a, I'm a bit concerned by the news that a win for either of these two tonight would be a clean sweep for the pundit. So hopefully, uh, we can avoid that. Have you ever played before? I haven't played before, no. Right. Okay, that's fine. Let's toss the coin. We'll find out who it is. You two still in good form? You've not lost this season. I see it. <laughs> every week. week until he loses. Uh, right, heads. It will be Hugh Evans. Tails. It's Kenny Miller, and it is Hugh against Jerry. So what we'll do is give Hugh some greatest hits radio to listen to, and uh, we'll turn it up nice and loud. Jerry, you've got thirty seconds. Just answer as many questions as you can, and pass if you do not know the answer. All right. Yep. Okie doke. 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. Which of the Edinburgh teams last beat Rangers at Ibrox? Hibs or Hearts? Hearts. How many of the 13 Celtic players called up for international duty last week scored? Three. Who's got more all time Scottish Premiership appearances, Liam Kelly or Xander Clark? Xander Clark. Which Scottish Premiership team play at a stadium formerly known as Almondvale? Pass. Name either of the Scottish starting 11 against Spain who've never played in the Scottish Premiership. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Let's bring Hugh Keevens back. Can you hear us, Hugh? I can. Right, same set of questions. Ready? Okay. Your time starts now. Which of the Edinburgh teams last beat Rangers at Ibrox? Hibs or Hearts? Hibs. How many of the 13 Celtic players called up for international duty last week scored? One. Uh, who's got more all-time Scottish Premiership appearances, Liam Kelly or Xander Clark? Xander Clark. Which Scottish Premiership team play at a ground formerly known as Almondvale? Uh, Livy. Name any of the Scottish starting eleven against Spain who've never played in the Scottish Premiership. McTominay. And which of the four Rangers strikers signed in the summer did not score in the opening game of the season? Lammers. 
Okay, let's bring back Jerry. Jerry, how do you think it went? Ah, I think he beat me. Mm, none. Well, he, it was fifty-fifty in the first one. Hibs are the most recent victors at Ibrox. Oh. Um, you went Hibs, didn't you? Uh-huh. Uh, so it's one nil to Hugh. Four of Celtic's international players scored last week: Kyogo, Mikey Johnson, Bernardo. Under twenty oh. ones, a harsh. That's a harsh school. These I questions tonight. And Lager Bielka. So one nil to Hughes Xander Clark's got more appearances in the top flight than Liam Kelly you both got it Almondvale is Livy so Hugh Keevan stretches ahead and it didn't matter that Jerry got Scott McTominay because so did Hugh and for the record Lammers, Danilo and Sima all scored uh, against Livy that must have been opening home game because yeah. the away game was Gomarnock yeah. of course and none of them scored so there we go it was a 4-2 win for Hugh Keevan's hard lines Jerry that's all right. You're a Celtic fan, Jerry. You'll be hoping, you'll be hoping and expecting, I'm sure, a more successful outcome on Sunday. Well, hopefully, I just kind of keep the keep the kind of pace going and win the games and just kind of keep the points. That. Yeah, I mean, was there a feeling from you, Jerry, that you were starting to see Celtic getting to not absolute best, but you know, kind of getting there before the break? You expect them to kind of pick up where they left off? Hopefully, no. There's, there's a more kind of. You can see how they're trying to play and what Brendan Rodgers wants to do. Whereas the other side of the city, obviously, under Michael Beale, there wasn't so much that. Now Rangers have got a new manager, not of that boost. So there's always that kind of maybe will they, won't they? But no, hopefully, hopefully we can just keep it going through the season, pick up the points, and then just pick up the league at the end of the year. Yeah, because there's one way to sort of demoralise whatever. Um, Philippe Clement's achieving at Rangers and it's if Celtic keep winning Hugh because we had this last year remember there was this point where people kept pointing out and not that it was wrong saying Michael Beale's got the sort of same number of points since he came in yeah. or, or whatever the, the stat was in the end uh, up it doesn't always necessarily count for very much if yeah. you're starting behind and you don't win the big games it, it almost looks too good for Celtic on Sunday because if you go back to Ange Postacoglu's first game in charge and I'm sure Jerry remembers it well Saturday night at Tynecastle lost 2-1 since that game Celtic have won 9 on the bounce against Hearts and they've scored 24 goals and lost 8 which is not even a goal a game it almost looks too good but the fascinating thing about this weekend is whatever Philippe Clement does on Saturday against Hibs Celtic have to respond to that if Clement were to lose there exists the prospect of Celtic going 10 points clear. If Clement wins and Celtic don't, the seven-point gap is down to four. Uh, Kenny, I feel like you're right that the overall head-to-head, it's pro- they probably don't get it easy at Tynecastle too often, though. You think, and funnily enough, how this has come around, it was a year ago this weekend that Scottish football introduced VAR. And it's been a great and happy 12 months. Oh. And um, yes, there was a Friday night game, but the real first game everyone remembers was Celtic against Hearts. You had balls, it was in TV. Remember, right, there was everything. There was encroaching <laughs> at penalties. Yeah, there was yeah. all sorts. Um, so We should have binned it that weekend and got it over and done with. Yeah, maybe that one is kind of skewing my memory a bit because I know Celtic did go there and, what was it, 2-0 at the end of the season. They went there and won really comfortably in the cup, but... Um, yeah, Tynecastle. It's just got a top Naturally, venue, that's, it's yeah. going to be harder there than at Celtic Park. Yeah, but it's just a it's a it's a brilliant place to be playing at Tynecastle. It's a wonderful stadium now. The fans are right on top of you. There's always a a really really good atmosphere. So it's it's always got a, a sense similar when you go to Easter Road. It's going to be a tough game. 
listen, there'll be days you win comfortably, there'll be days you find it tougher. You know, at this moment of time, I think Hearts are still trying to find their best form or any kind of consistency, really. They'll be really disappointed with that Edinburgh Derby result a couple of weeks ago because they, they had the game wrapped up and they threw it away. That would have been a good result to go into an international break after like beating your rivals, or sorry, your, your nearest rivals. So with Celtic coming to town, it's no ideal because it's the best team in the country at the moment. They're unbeaten, they're top of the league. They, they seem to be finding their feet as well are starting to fire so it'll be a real listen it'll be a great game there's no doubt about it Stephen Naismith will have his team right up for it but it's uh, aye, Celtic coming to town is always a, always a big game for, for Hearts Is it still the type of venue Jerry, that you consider tough you know consider that it might be a, a <coughs> difficult place to go or does the recent record put your mind at ease a bit Tyne Castle's always difficult especially with Shankland up front there's always a goal there's always a goal in Hearts for Shankland up front and they've got good quality players they've got a good quality manager so it's it's a tough place to go Celtic set up right and they play the game right manage the game right then it should not an easy one but it should be three points but again it's always if they get beat then you can see that it's why they'll get beat yeah, I mean, one, Hugh, one, this the, is on you go. one of the dominant characteristics of the season so far for Celtic good away form went to Pataudry Got the job done 3-1. Went to Ibrooks with important players missing. 1-0 win. Even the Motherwell game. You know, where when Motherwell equalised, you thought, well, mm-hmm. two points dropped. And they still found time through Matt O'Reilly to, to get a goal. So the the away form should encourage Jerry, the rest of the fans and Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, it's a fair point, uh, Kenny. Because look, there will be examples of this not working out because nothing in football just follows the logic. But by the time we've played that first round of fixtures, Celtic will have gone to Tynecastle and Easter Road and Pataudry, which should, you know, on paper, be the three most difficult in terms of league placings, and then Livy as well, which can be a, a difficult place, particularly for Celtic to go in recent seasons. So, if they can have played everyone once all of those teams away and come through all of that unscathed Ibrox of course to yep. state the obvious um, that that would be a real away success wouldn't it in, for the first round of fixtures it's such a strong start you know again they're undefeated at this moment in time for a reason because uh, they've went these places and they've turned up and maybe not performed to the levels they would want but they've got the job done uh, again I'm also a big believer that when you're Rangers or Celtic if you want to win the league you're going to have to go to these places anyway you know you're going to have to go there and win you know, that, that, that's just the nature of the beast. But uh, to have them all in that first round of fixtures is probably a bit rare. Uh, thanks a lot to Jerry on the line. Ross has also called in. What's your point tonight, Ross? Uh, hi, Hugh, Kenny, and Gordon. Hope you're oh, well. Hi. Good, thanks. Um, no, my point tonight is just in regards to the ticket allocation uh, that Celtic have got this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Hearts played Hibs, I believe, before the international break, and Hibs got a full stand at Tynecastle. And yet, seems to be even Celtic or Rangers go there. We always seem to get a smaller allocation. Now, this fixture on Sunday is supposed to be one of the best fixtures in the Scottish <laughs> football. And I think if Celtic got given the full stand, it would increase the atmosphere. So by decreasing Celtic's allocation, Hearts are basically just cutting off our nose to spite their face. Not really. Not really. You know, until we get hard and fast legislation on this subject, then this row will reoccur. But... They're not cutting their nose off because they sell all the tickets. You know, if to they, their own fans. Yeah. If they weren't selling the tickets, they'd be cutting their nose off despite their face. But Celtic will get 576 tickets, to be precise, and the rest of the stadium will be sold out 
to Hearts fans. And until the clubs agree that there should be a definitive percentage given over to away fans, this will remain the case. And so far as we can tell, the majority of clubs in the Premiership are not in favour of an agreed percentage for away fans. They want to grow their own support. I think... <laughs> let's hear from Brendan Rodgers on it, actually, because he's going to echo part of that. So this is what he had to say on the ticket issue. Any team playing, they go away, it's always nice to have a fairly large group of your supporters there to give you that backing, but if they're not there, then we, we can't use that as an excuse. We, uh, we've shown already with no supporters that we can get big results. So... Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll be very much together, and the 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 five hundred odd supporters that were there will hopefully we can give them a, a really good day when they're there. Every club's got every right to to issue and at this moment in time what it is the uh, they want to give to away supporters. So, uh, but until something is standardised, Hearts are, are more than willing to do that. But hopefully we can standardise a certain percentage for for away supporters, and that allows. Uh, uh, all the supporters of all the teams to be able to go and watch their uh, watch their teams, but hopefully the the federation can standardise uh, a number, and then uh, and then we all know where we stand. That apply to the old firm as well, gone. <laughs> well, this would be the thing, Ross. How would that work? And this is why I'm glad because I'm genuinely asking because I don't get paid enough money to try and make these decisions for Scottish football. What what percentage would work? Like, you know, five percent keeps getting mentioned, so. If it was 5% at Tynecastle, you Celtic fans would get roughly, I'm being very rough, 900 tickets. But if you were to give away 5% of Celtic Park then to Hearts fans, that's obviously a whole lot more, 3,000. What what number? How do, how do we pick a percentage? So I think what Hearts would do in this case is at the start of the season, they should say, right, all away fans will get 5 or 10% and that's, and, and that's it. But I think for the fact that Hearts gave Hibs a full stand, at the last league game mm-hmm. and Celtic are getting what 500 tickets yeah, again Hearts did and I'm not saying it's right it's up to them though I think ultimately and Hearts announced they were going to do that it was just a nod to the Edinburgh derby it's just a fixture that they sort of believe yeah. in and they what they are willing to keep up the spectacle on that yeah, they have taken a conscious decision to protect the Edinburgh derby Celtic and Rangers have taken a conscious decision not to protect their derby because it's not the same occasion with uh, you know, when we had the days of Celtic having the the Copeland Road stand and Rangers having a very sizable part of uh, Celtic Park when they went there to play it was better then mm. it's not as good now but both clubs have taken a conscious decision to do that as the Edinburgh clubs have taken a conscious decision to protect their derby um, again Kenny I wish someone would by the way maybe we should open it up then this is your chance give me a creative solution I don't know how you do it I don't know what the sliding scale or whatever looks like even this allocation that Celtic have got for Tynecastle this one this small one that everyone's angry about as a percentage I think works out at about 16-1700 tickets for Celtic Park and no other leagues do this I don't know if it's maybe are there any other leagues out there that have got a 60,000 seater stadium in the league and then, well, and so apart outside Glasgow, then the next biggest is like you know a third of that size, and maybe even smaller. So I don't know how you pick that one number. Well, no, it's tough because what it does, it's going to lead to again. Let's just look at our Glasgow teams. 
because even now Celtic fans would be getting a less allocation going to Ibrox than what the Rangers fans would be getting going to Celtic Park. So I don't think the standardised percentage, mm. unless it is just a rule and you just have to swallow it. But we would end up with all kinds of arguments because, by the way, there is, it's the same in England. You could be going to the Emirates, it's got, I don't know, was it 70,000? Well, you could be going to Bournemouth. That's, mm. I don't know what it is, 15, 18,000 or whatever. So there's still, it's not just our league that's got a big disparity between the big stadiums and the smaller stadiums. I just think in our country it's going to be tough to have this kind of standard 5% say because it's in in the big game there is going to be well we're having to give more tickets to them and they're getting more than us and I must admit I'm not an expert on how these things are sold whether it be a case of everything does start at the the 5% then Uh so Celtic would be offering 3,000 and then ultimately if the club doesn't want to take all them or can't take all them again I I don't know know, the, the logistics of it I do share Ross's disappointment because Sunday I think is diminished as an occasion it's it's a live Mm -hmm. match on television there's nothing quite like the away end thousands of folk there the three quarters of the ground the home fans it creates a better atmosphere particularly if Celtic go there play as well as Brendan Rodgers hopes they will and Long before the end of the game, the Hearts fans have drifted out. It becomes less of a spectacle. Uh, but at the moment, there there appears to be no desire to have an agreed percentage. Because that's the thing, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, because it doesn't mean anything to me. I won't be buying a ticket. And a, But if I was to turn on the telly, I like the spectacle. I yeah. like the fact that it used to have that. So, okay, we've identified a problem. But what is the solution? Because I... I I want someone to explain how a kind of fixed 5% would work. Maybe it would, maybe we're missing something. Maybe there's a different way of doing it. Um, and what if the 5% is like, less than the stand and then there's segregation issues, so you're losing seats because you're... Hum- I know that's, well, it just becomes a bit of a mess. You know? a minimum five, yeah. Because yeah. um, obviously there's um, McDermott Park, the Tony Macaroni, formerly known as Almondville, by yeah. the way, and, and Beat the Pundit. Where they're fight, they, they they hold their hands up and say, "Well, we don't mind." In you come, sort of take as many as you like, sort of thing. Um, you know, the, the 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 point I go back to is this: the the derby match, um, Celtic and Rangers, Rangers or Celtic. That has been diminished as a television spectacle, and as a spectacle for those who are actually inside the ground because. Celtic have been offered a ticket allocation which they will not accept and now they're saying they'll give Rangers no tickets at all for the game on the 30th of December. Yeah, I still feel like that that's slightly different. I know there's a tendency to make everything about Celtic v Rangers and Rangers v no, Celtic. The Rangers and Celtic fans are the ones who complain about the, the lack of a ticket uh, fair, allocation I, I, when they go to Tynecastle, Easter Road, whatever. Uh, uh, you know, We've spoiled it. They've all spoiled it and there is mm. no willingness yeah. to correct but they've spoiled. I do think this is a bit different. We're talking about, like, as a specific example, Hearts, how many do they give and, and is there a standardised system to be brought in? Paul is a Hearts fan, so I take it, Paul, you'd be sticking up for your own club on this one. I would definitely be sticking up for my own club uh, and Motherwell and Johnston. It's totally up to, as the loss stand just now, it's up to the, the home team how many tickets they want to hand out. And I'm quite chuffed that the... the the protect the Hibs tickets because it does give the Derby a good occasion uh, and it is a good spectacle. However, what we put back to Celtic fans and Rangers fans, just come and behave yourselves when you are there. Again, stop singing the unsavoury songs. 
can stop causing a bit of damage, and I'm sure all the other clubs will start welcome, welcoming them back. I wouldn't be so sure, and I'm now, I'm about to be inundated, inundated, Paul, with people saying, "Ah, well, Hearts fans broke seats at our stadium and said this and sang that, so make my life a bit easier for me on a Friday night." Um, I'll, take a, I'll take away the causing damage then, but I stand by the unsavoury songs. It creates a horrible atmosphere, so. Stop singing these songs. How People do we welcome you back? See what you've said though about the you know the bit of the start that is up to the clubs under the current rules. Would you be in favour of a sort of blanket number being brought in a percentage like we heard from Brendan Rogers there? No, I think it's totally up to the the home club. But then that but then that's the point. Okay, okay. So what if what if the home club just decides no away fans then? Well, in my club's in, uh, in my club's case, they haven't done that. No, that I know that, but you, I know, but you're I'm saying quite, I'm quite happy with the way it is just now for 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 home clubs to call the amount of seats that they hand to away fans. Okay, so would you be happy for that number to be zero? No, I, I wouldn't right. go as far as zero. No, maybe there needs to be a minimum. You know, maybe there needs to be a minimum. And you know what? And uh, take it back to the old firm. If you want to knock it back, you knock it back. That's been your choice. There's not going to be any fans. Maybe there needs to be a minimum because I think a standardised amount just doesn't work because, it did, again, you just take it back to the game that everything would come ahead and somebody's going to be getting more than others. So I just think, I agree, I think it's down to the clubs uh, to decide what they're given. Nobody wants no away fans at a stadium, by the way. Nobody. It's, like, Hughes bang on. Our product's getting diminished. When people are going to be turning that game on, at the weekend and you're going to see this we slivery Celtic fans in the corner of that stand it's uh, it's diminishing the product and there's no getting away from it and that's been the biggest thing about the old firm and all the ticket fiasco over there and the allocations when you turn it on the energy that the, 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 the opposite fans bring in a stadium the colour just when you turn it on our product gets diminished so it's nice and by the way hearts of every right see if they fill that stadium I'll be looking actually to make sure the seats are filled on Sunday because if they fill that stadium, then they've got every right to give those tickets to their fans. You know, the, but the, I think the, the game gets diminished with that small, small percentage going to Celtic. There's another way of looking at it, of course. You know, if, if people from outside this country looked and said, do you know what? In that Scottish Premiership, Hearts sell out their ground to their own people. Hibs sell out their ground to their own people. So do Celtic, so do Rangers. There's, there's some interest in football up there. But that's not good enough because there then comes this other dimension where... And Sunday's a perfect case in point. Hearts versus Celtic would look and sound so much better if even half of the Roseburn stand was Celtic and the other half was Hearts. It would look and sound so much better. Right, you lot out there are much more creative than us. I know it for sure. And you've thought about these things. So if there's a solution out there, get it over to us right now. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141 951 1025. Quickly, someone. Or Twitter at Clyde SSB. We've got a full time teaser for you, actually. I thought you two were going to come to blows during that. Listen, listen, see, fans of big teams don't understand how fans of wee teams feel (laughs) about ticket allocations. They're not brought up that way. It's fine. Let's get the full time teaser up and running. 
The Full Time Teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Slat wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride at competitive prices. This is a good question because it's tough and bits of it, most of it is doable, but my word, one or two of the names on here. <laughs> Incorrect, honestly. By the way, these have been tougher this last couple of weeks, I'll tell you. Standard. Um, so, can you name nine players since 98 99? Who've got 20 top flight league goals in Scotland But for two different clubs What, 20 for each or 20 yeah, combined? 20 for each Since 98-99 John Sutton? No actually Can I, Chris that? Boyd Yeah, Chris Boyd, alright okay. uh, Griffiths Yep Um It's a good question, isn't it? Tranklin, no. No, one of the names in particular, like how you would, how you to ever get this, I don't know. Kenija? Uh, no. Can you name nine players who've got 20 top flight league goals for two different clubs since 98, 99? Griffiths and Boyd. Liam Boyce? No. Surprises me. Hold on, how is Liam Boyce not on this? That's gonna, that's gonna, I'm going to need a steward's inquiry on that. Oh. You'll need to go on that computer yeah, and do I a will. bit of research. Yeah, we'll get back to that. That's, this question's now worrying me. Uh, let's bring in Andy and East Kilbride. How's it going, Andy? Alright, not bad. How are you? Not Come bad. Off, so. uh, what's going to say? Can you hear me? Aye. Yeah, yeah. Got you loud and clear. What's your point tonight? Uh, on uh, season tickets, I'm oh, sorry, tickets for Rangers and Celtic, Hearts, Hubs, Everton. Uh, my proposal is not the SFA who rule it, but the SPFL to come out with giving all teams 25 percent of a we- uh, tickets to away fans, up to a maximum of eight thousand which means that most grounds you get one stand because the fourth obviously stands. Rangers and Celtic with 8,000 each for Parkhead and Ibrox because obviously 25% would be more. Uh, that's my proposal. But why would we need it to be that high overall? Because because if you go to Ibrox, the Broomlone stand holds 8,000. Right, so it means you have no segregation and all that. No, I know that. I know, I know. But I'm talking. That's just, again. This is this one fixture that's dominating everybody's mind. Right? Overall, for right. every fixture, if it's standardised, why would Motherwell need twenty five percent of Tynecastle or whatever? Because it's one stand. It means that you don't have any segregation. With Kenny was saying, so if you go to Motherwell, twenty five percent would give you one stand. All the away fans could have one stand. You go to St Johnston, one stand. Hibs, one stand, and it means that. It's roughly a quarter, if you know what I'm talking about, 25%. See, I did. The, the, no sec- the, 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 the SPFL. The SPFL, Andy, cannot unilaterally impose any figure on the clubs. The clubs have to vote on the matter, and the clubs will no, before, not vote for that. Before we even get to the, the mechanics of a vote, I just don't know why. Why would it be so high, you know? Yeah. For, it's, a, it's loads. Yeah, because, like... Aye, because the smaller teams are not going to be taking that type of allocation of to the to the way. But but maybe at that point then the tickets just go back to the I mean again I don't know I mean it's a, it's a high number, number that's a big I know what Andy's that. saying, but I mean number. not every not Stand for, for a start equates to twenty five percent. Exactly, yeah. and some stadiums have got three stands or whatever, yeah. depending on who's in yeah. the league or two or you know. So um I did say I wanted some solutions, so I don't mind some ideas getting thrown in there. It's just the first part of the show we spoke about 5% maybe being too much uh-huh. um, for visiting teams going to, to Celtic Park and Ibrox in particular. Um, so 25% just seems like a seems like an awful lot, Andy. No, you don't need to. I said maximum. 
Like mother, mother could say St Johnston, you want twenty five percent. They could say no, we want. Right, I've said a maximum, and also a maximum of eight thousand tickets. But do we not this need to bring in a minimum? Do we not need to bring in a minimum? Is that actually no. not the issue here? Because Celtic are only getting five hundred and what is it? Five hundred seventy six. So there's no use worrying about the maximum of eight thousand. Is it not a minimum we need to bring in? Oh, but at the end of the day, we're all there to see football, as you say, in a spectacle. I can go to Parkhead. I've met my Celtic fan. It's not the same. We need Rangers fans at Parkhead, and it's probably the same for my mates. Say that as well. We go to football to watch football, and no politics. This is all brought on by Celtic and Rangers to do with money, because they're selling the Rangers and Celtic allocation that normally goes to us fans, right? And they're making more money out getting season tickets for Celtic fans having the Rangers, but and Rangers fans having the Celtic, but they make more money than giving us the two games. And see, at the end of the day, guys are just going to walk away. Is that not? No is fans that, go to stadiums. Is that not going? Is that not called sound business? Oh, so do you know what? I know we bring everything back to this, and there are times when it's this show's currency. But when we see this is all because Hearts is Hearts haven't taken any decision to do with the Celtic Rangers Rangers Celtic allocation. This is not all to do with that. I know we want to bring everything back to what happens in the big derby in this city, um, but that's not what's caused Hearts to do this. No, I don't know why we always conflate those things. I, I think the, the Celtic and Rangers fans are the ones who embrace this argument more than any other because they say, we are Celtic and Rangers, we are Scottish football, you wouldn't have a television contract without Celtic and Rangers. And they feel that the rules should be manipulated to suit them. And Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, Motherwell, St Mirren, whoever, are saying, we have people who follow us Home and away, and we're going to protect them. But it's because it's change. Ground. It's because it's change as well. Like this That's is true, what, what yeah. we're talking. There's been twenty, thirty years of a, a, a particular allocation for away fans. Again, particularly Rangers and Celtic fans that they're used to turning up in their thousands. Yeah, you know. And by and there was a point where you, you would have been welcomed for certain reasons, maybe reasons that have been disproven over the last year or two years or whatever. But it's just change. You know, so these Rangers and Celtic fans that have been used to turning up and getting that full stand, now they're not. This is going to be the first time probably that they've not had that at Tynecastle. So I don't blame them for having a moan up about it because it's change. Like people, <laughs> nobody likes change, mm. particularly when you're going to be the receiving end and you're maybe not getting it all your own way. So listen, if this is the way it's going to be going, then fans are going to need to get used to it. But the one thing's for sure, the only thing that's going to suffer if fans start to spit the dummy and no, it's going to be the game and it's going to be our product nobody wants to be turning on a, a game of football on Sunday uh, with no away fans or with very very little away fans that's that's just my opinion on it so there, there needs to be some kind of solution again what that solution is who knows maybe it is 25% or maybe it's there's got to be a minimum for me there has to be a minimum number that, that is there for every game what about Cameron you got any solutions for us Cameron thank you to Andy who's in the draw for the races tickets as well um, would you know, like, the SFA, why not make it a minimum of, say, 1,000 or 1,200? That way, teams like, say, Livingston, who, with all due respect, might not sell their home tickets, could say, well, there's your minimum of 1,200 and we'll give you an extra 3,000 or somewhere. Then it's up to teams whether they want to up the, the, the minimum or they want to stick and don't sell the fans any tickets and be themselves then that's fine but if you force it to a minimum of a thousand to twelve hundred why, why that why that, that number though Cameron is it not always bound to be a percentage is that you know so that it, it 
it moves obviously with the, the size of the stadium I know what you're saying but for instance why should Rangers and Celtic basically them too because they're the biggest stadiums not benefit from having a minimum rather than a percentage when you're going to somewhere like Livy who I, I don't know what they are. the stadium holds maybe twelve to 14,000 if you're lucky I just yeah, think I just <laughs> always assumed it would, you know, would need to be a percentage, you know, for that reason. It just it has to be there has to be a perception of fairness. I know what Cameron's saying, but you, you, that's not really fair for having having a percentage of ticket sales for away fans when people have bigger stadiums and are expected to give more. Well, that, that's the point of that, that's the point of percentages, isn't it? I feel like this is when uh, me and Gordon DL argue about the tiebreaker. Or, sorry, his win percentage um, over over the season on, on beat the pundit. Hugh, I think we're much more likely that any rule like that. Um, well, listen, it could be wrong, but just any time you hear about it, it's always, it's always a percentage for that reason. I think I may be wrong, but I think this is about two clubs, Hearts and Hibs, because Celtic had a big support at Motherwell the last time uh, they played. It's still less than it used to be traditionally, yeah, though. But but enough to satisfy. I mean, it made for a good television when Matt O'Reilly scored and the whole place went off its head. Uh, it, Hearts and Hibs are digging their heels in. You know, Celtic and Rangers could get a reasonable part of St Mirren, uh, St Johnston, Dundee, whatever. But Hearts and Hibs are saying, well, no, no, we are the capital of the country. We have enough fans to fill our ground. You can have this tiny percentage. Uh, they are the only two, I think, that, that, that I'm, and I'm not saying they've created a problem because filling your ground full of your supporters is not a problem. But at the same time, as a television spectacle on Sunday, Hearts versus Celtic is diminished by having 576 Celtic fans there. Agree. Hmm. Interesting to see if the league would have any appetite for that percentage and how it would work, or whether it's just a number that that Callum uh, mentions, because I know what you're saying about you're right to pick that sort of... There is the odd example in England, for for instance, Bournemouth being particularly small. Um, it just feels like any problems like this are always going to be really amplified here because you, well, it doesn't even matter if it's stadium. It's like every aspect of our game, those two clubs are so much bigger than the rest. Because mm. I'm not even talking about... You know, there's one thing talking about the attendance, but also the number of fans that they would, that they would take. As an yep. example, Fir Park holds 13,000, but they ain't filling that with with Motherwell fans at home, so certainly not away. Um, and that's where just the percentages would become extremely difficult. I, I don't think a, a, a solid number is out of the question. No. You know, I think... But again, the clubs need to agree. You know, so if a thousand fans, for instance, if you're Motherwell, you're St Mirren, Livingston, St Johnston, if they're happy just to give that up, then that's no problem. <laughs> would they want to give more up? You know, some of them probably would, some of them wouldn't. Well, it would be the minimum like, anyway then, wouldn't it? Yep, so, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a minimum of that thousand. That thousand. I think that, that could work because Cameron's also right. If Rangers and Celtic or even Hibs and Hearts against other teams are having to give up 1,500 tickets or 3,000 tickets or 2,500 tickets when they're only getting that percentage of 500, 800, whatever it's going to be, 
Is that is that fair? I know it's a percentage and it is fair. Listen, the clubs don't need to vote on it. So I, I, any any yeah, solution would be not, agreed. It's only not fair if you view it from the lens of your own club, though, then. And in this case, the Glasgow's big too, isn't it? And that's what distorts pretty much everything we discuss here. Yeah. Um, as I say, uh, mentally running through all of the clubs in the Premiership, they all give the Celtic and Rangers fans a reasonable um Part of their ground, yeah, but, but that's the thing. But what, what is considered reasonable? Because we still had all we've had all these arguments before when St Mirren cut allocation to look after their own fans. Motherwell have done it in the past. I think Kilmarnock have done it. So you say that now, but I, I, think, I think in the past it's not been considered reasonable. What does I, reasonable mean? I think if you in the past allowed the Celtic Rangers fans to have the area behind both of your goals and have now decided to make it just one area behind one goal, I think that's reasonable. Okay. Keep the solutions coming See if you can help these two out on the full time uh, teaser So apparently Liam Boyce does not yet have 20, 20 top, top flight, goals, flight goals for Hearts oh. There you go So we're looking for the nine <clears throat> players Since 98-99 So sort of it's, that would be kind of SPL era to now wouldn't it Who've got 20 top flight goals For two different clubs Lee Griffiths and Chris Boyd Higdon? No McCulloch? Nope Anthony Stokes? Yes. Good call. Hibs and Celtic. Well done. Uh, so I mean, it goes without saying. Most of them, or a good few more, Scott have. Scott McDonald. Yeah, I was going to say you know have done it for the so-called smaller team and the bigger team as well. Okay. One more guess. There's another one or two that are exactly in that mould. You know, started at one of those smaller clubs, did well, scored goals, and got the move. To one of Glasgow's big two and did the same again. So you'll. Nacho Novo? Yes, there we go. We'll get the rest of these answers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're ticking away nicely on this full time teaser um, It is a tricky one though And I hate to tell you You've got most of the so called easy ones uh-huh. uh, The nine players who've scored 20 top flight league goals For two different Scottish clubs Since 98-99 Lee Griffiths, Hibs and Celtic Scott McDonald, Motherwell and Celtic Chris Boyd, Kilmarnock and Rangers Nacho Novo, Dundee and Rangers and Anthony Stokes, Hibbs and Celtic. Alan Johnson. No. Billy Dodds. Nope, 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 nope. Give you a clue. You've only got one more which falls into the category of non-old firm club, old firm club. Which means three have done it for just two non-old firm sides. Which is maybe even more impressive in some ways. I'm toiling here. What about the, the one that's still on that in that category? You mean you almost... well. Not almost You've played with this guy Stephen Aysmouth Yes There we go That's all I needed I was waiting to go down Another clue But there we go Kilmarnock and Rangers Stephen Naismith Now you're looking Now you've really narrowed it down To the tough ones You're looking for three players Who've got 20 top flight league goals For two different Non-old firm clubs now These three One of them Honestly One of them in particular Is brutal There's one that I think Kind of stands out As being a a touch easier because if you were looking right so over the la- over that period no so but over that period too early. Celtic Rangers who would be your main contenders round about that sort of third place 
Aberdeen's Aberdeen's right. so, yep. Andy that's maybe done it for Aberdeen and another He would be Aberdeen's main strikers over that period I know it's a big period, right? Let's start a bit more recently then No, so Rooney Does he want to? Inverness There you go Inverness Adam yeah. Rooney, there we go you were just telling me how you're desperate to go up the road and watch that programme about the other Roonies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the Vardys or whatever it is. So there Wagatha we go. Christie, what is right. that? Oh, who knows? Yeah. You've got two to get and they're extremely difficult. So yeah. we'll see how okay. you get on between now and the end of the show. We, we said at the top, Hugh, right decision, no complaints. Football is not as important as people's safety. So yeah. we've lost Aberdeen, Dundee and St. Johnson, Motherwell tomorrow. As it stands, we do still have the other games what else is tickling your fancy that we've not discussed so far well uh, I mean the St Mirren Ross County is the other one I've heard about maybe just uh, maybe in a, maybe that would be the one that would be in the next most doubt if that makes sense geographically but as far as we know Dingwall's fine at the moment and, you, and there you, we go you're looking for Kilmarnock uh, you know the, the, it's sad that the Motherwell game's gone because one of the fascinations was that Motherwell played very well but have lost four in the bounce. <laughs> uh, so I was very interested to see how they got on tomorrow. But there's Kilmarnock, um, who started the season as the talk of the town because they beat Rangers in the league and they knocked Celtic out the via play cup. But the season has gone a little... The trail has gone cold since then. Uh, so I'd be interested to see how they got on tomorrow. I, I absolutely agree. I think the Kilmarnock-Livingston game... Livingston are sitting pretty at the moment. They've had a decent enough start. Kilmarnock could potentially jump them if they can win. So there's there's a, there's a lot at stake. But listen, every three points is important for these teams because they'll move them further away from that relegation battle and that playoff spot, which is what they'll want to really avoid. Uh, so that is a, that one, for me, is a big game. I mean, St Mirren, again, can they keep this wonderful start yeah. up of the season because they've been great. Uh, obviously, their first loss came against Rangers a couple of weeks back. So it's uh, and again it was aided by obviously a sending off to Ryan Strait a moment of madness from him who's had been a mm. wonderful player for them this season. So it's uh, yeah, listen, I suppose there's there's still a lot of stake. Can they bounce back? You know, you'll not want to lose two games in a row. You'll not want to stop that momentum that St Mirren have had not just this season but over the course of last season as well. So can they bounce back for the first defeat into, season? into the championship? Morton and uh, Emirates Cali Thistle big dunk uh, so far undefeated. As the Cowley Thistle manager, uh, postponed. He <laughs> it's postponed. Is it? <laughs> it's postponed. Is that already? It's oh, postponed on here. So that one either, just forget say. everything well, you forget, just said there. I if that's been postponed, the, forget about the, the, the locality, the lower reaches of the Clyde at Greenup. Yeah, fourteen minutes ago. It was there you actually. go, Bim. <laughs> oh. <laughs> talking nonsense there. You gave it the big build up. That's the best <laughs> pre-match preview we've had. Go on, see, pick uh, another one. See, I've got the Nokia, and he's got these fancy <laughs> Dan phone there, which is telling him things. And this is, you don't get apps on that phone, though. That's the problem. Did I not actually thought about you the other day. I try not to think about you when you're not on here. I spend enough time with you. Did I say like job losses at Nokia or something? And I thought <laughs> that's because not enough people are following this yep. guy's trend-setting ah, ways. Um, but there we are, yes, Morton against Inverness is now off due to safety concerns and please stop the You know, th- th- this will sound revolutionary, radical. There's a case for stopping football altogether this weekend because of the travel difficulties and what have you. But, you know, when people are saying, is your journey really necessary? There'll be 50,000 mm. people at Ibrox tomorrow and 
twenty odd thousand at uh, Pinecastle on Sunday. But I think it depends where the 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 weather warnings apply to. Though, as you know, obviously certain part of the countries are a lot more severe. Um, hence why those are off. So I don't think there is any potential danger or, or worry at the moment. Certainly for those games tomorrow, the whole the, the guidelines closed. I mean, Aye, I, that's really what you're worrying about. Out of, out, out <laughs> of sympathy for me, that lane should have been kept open. But you got wellies. No, you the type of man that no. owns Wellington boots. No, no, no I don't think so. No, I don't imagine them. Gormless <laughs> enough looking Splashing down <laughs> Bobby Road and his way down Paddington Bear uh, I'd like to see that I must admit um, But no I suppose Kenny What tomorrow does is um, Examines that age old cliche Did you did you ever feel it Can an international break Come at the wrong time Did you ever feel Momentum could be Lost after a wee break Or Or, or alternatively It was the, the reset That teams needed Listen, I think definitely a reset and I also think momentum and it can be either way. You know, if you lose a game and you've just not got that time to respond, you know, you've not got that game three, four days later or at least the week after that you can go and bounce back. You've got two weeks that you've actually got to dwell on a really poor... Like, for instance, again, I'll go back to Stephen Naismith and Hearts. A game that they played very, very well in an Edinburgh derby, uh, a wonderful Edinburgh derby with a full away support and that away stand uh, at Tynecastle and... They're turning up and they're absolutely cruising and they're playing so well and they end up drawing the game 2-2 because 90 seconds of madness, not just from them, but from from, from Toby Civic in particular. So uh, that would have been a real mm. killer blow for them in the fact that they've not had a game for two weeks. They'll be wanting to bounce back from Well, we've even got Friday night football, of course. How yeah. could we forget? Airdrie. Airdrie against Queen's Park. I feel like that one's a bit of focus on the, the dugouts, if you like, because Queen's Park have obviously gone in a very interesting direction. Reese yeah. McCabe is... Ex- I mean, you've got socks older than... Chris McCabe, who's doing decent things and trying to play in the so-called right way, uh, so that'll be an interesting one. Well, he, he he does it very well. He he wants to play in the right way, and he does it very well. Uh, there's an interesting managerial career in the early stages of his development there, uh, and Queens Park. What money been thrown at Queens Park? And uh, you know, you're looking for reasons why. That money's been spent Right, two more then Nine players who've scored 20 top flight league goals For two different Scottish clubs Since 98-99 That is a great question Lee Griffiths, Scott MacDonald Chris Boyd, Adam Rooney Nacho Novo, Anthony Stokes And Stevie Naismith Next two are torture One in particular Stevie May? Nope That wouldn't see the reason I didn't want to say it Because that's no torture (laughs) It's no torture. Look, we can't even look out for him tomorrow. Game's off. Yep. Shaved the ponytail, hasn't he? Yeah, we've also heard the yep. I'm sure I saw that picture, unless yep. it's one of these AI-generated <laughs> things and I've fallen for it. Uh, Ross and Pollock's the winner of Air Races tickets, by the way. Well done uh, to Ross. We'll need clues here. Um, yeah, Hibs and Kilmarnock were the two clubs. Colin Nish. Mm-hmm. I was about to use a brilliant clue for the next one about his name, but never mind. Um, <laughs> Rhymes like. <laughs> and the last one is brutal. Uh, is honestly, even though he turned out in Claret and Amber and got more than 20 top flight league goals, not a chance I would have remembered this or put it all together. He also did it for Inverness. Wow. Motherwell and Inverness. Jukovic. No, no, no. Didn't even play for Inverness. Inverness, Motherwell. I can't even think of the combo Honestly There you go I mean he ended Yeah he, he ended up going And putting in a feral innings At Inverness He even managed them For a bit Wilson No No He no, no, played no, that no, no. And managed them Irish Oh it Wasn't even an out and out striker yeah, Foreign Richie Foran. Richie Foran. Superb Wow 
Unbelievable. I'd never have got it. Oh. Well done to you two. Thank you yeah. for all your calls and your tweets. It could be wet and wild out there this weekend. If you fancy a dry, quiet afternoon in, you know just the place to come. It's here. Mark Wilson, Gordon Dale and Hugh Keevans in the studio. All the action on a Saturday afternoon and the GBX is up next. <laughs>